So today in therapy, we're going to talk about a Facebook message I received um, recently. Um, so before I get into the Facebook message, I feel like I have to add context into why I got the Facebook message and and why it's a thing in the first place. So about 10 years ago, um, I got accepted into this math and science preparatory school. And the school was um, one of those where you had to go and live there away from your home. It's kind of like a boarding school, but it like it was voluntary. Uh, and so it, it was a new experience to me. I was 15 going on 16 when I um, went there. Um, and so the summer leading up to actually going there, um, we got our roommate assignments. And so the way that the rooms were set up were there were two rooms with two people living in each room and they shared a bathroom. So two people in each room and then four people shared a bathroom. So after we got the roommate assignments, um, I think I reached out to my roommate on Facebook and then uh, my sweet mate as well. And... I think I knew from the beginning that my roommate and I would not get along. But I was like, we'll just see what happens uh, once we get there to campus when his school started, which was still months away. But one of my sweet mates, I felt like we were actually getting along and it seemed like we could become friends once, you know, everyone moved in and school finally started. So we talked... Um, on Facebook and then eventually moved to text like over the summer. I think I even met his mom at some point, uh, like super nice guy. And then we moved in, like everything was fine. I think we even hung out like the first day or two. And then, so this is the other thing too, that I don't know how happened, but one of the first things I noticed was it seemed like somehow they got everyone that, looked alike to end up on the same wing, um, which is interesting. But at the time, I saw that as a really strong advantage because here I am, I'm thinking, hey, I moved, you know, across the state. It was literally across the state. So my home was 30 miles away from the state's western border. And this school was... 10 miles away from the state's eastern border. So literally on the opposite side of the state. Um, and I'm thinking like, hey, these people look like me. They understand me. Like, this is going to be a great scenario. To this day, I don't think I've been more wrong at any point in my life. Um, we'll get to that. So the first week or two, it seemed off but nothing like too alarming because at that point, I didn't realize, but a lot of people had up the the initial facade that you would have up when you first meet someone and you're still trying to figure them out, but you're also still trying to give them a good impression of yourself. And neither of you know, like, to the degree of your relationship, are you going to be acquaintances? Are you going to be friends? Are you going to not know either each other altogether? Um, and so there was a lot of that going on. Um, and essentially after 
the first few weeks, I started to see beyond the facades and realize that none of these people were as genuine as they portrayed to be. And the reason I say that, and I would hesitate to say that in a lot of situations, but these were people who would go around on Sunday evenings and be like, hey, we're going to have a Bible study in the hall, like in this one guy's room and like get everybody together. And so these weren't just like, you know, the run of the mill average Joe. These are people who are like, we are Christians. We want to live out like, you know, the Christian life. We want to portray ourselves as Christians. And so I'm like, oh, like, well, if that's the case, what happened Sunday evening is 100% not what happens Monday through Saturday. And not saying that they were doing anything crazy or bad, but I just think from a personal human connection, which is like the easiest thing you can do is just be nice to people. Um, I feel like that wasn't the case. Um, So the end result of that is within a month, I ended up going to um, one of the, the resident hall managers and or advisors and just saying, I'm moving. Like, I need to move. I don't know when. I don't know where. I just need to go. Um, because essentially for me, it became what now I know was kind of the determining factor in like the rest of the trajectory of my experience there went. Um, so people that I thought that I could depend depend on and have a relationship with proved that was the case. Uh, ended up moving one floor down. I think actually, if I'm not mistaken, the room that I moved into was actually directly below the room that I moved to. Um, and then that ended up being a much better situation. Um, a lot of the people on that floor um, ended up being some some of my best friends in, in life, uh, people that I still talk to um, to this day. And that was almost 10 years ago. Um, but it, it was still really awkward in a sense because it was a small school. It was only junior and senior. So it wasn't like we had a full high school population. So these were still people that I shared a campus with, shared a cafeteria with, lived in the same building, shared an elevator with. Um, and in a lot of cases, take classes with. And I think it would have been a different situation if we um, decided like, hey, maybe we're just on different wavelengths or different like paths in life not good friends, totally acceptable. But it seemed like every point after that, me trying to remove myself from what I viewed as a toxic situation made it worse. Um, Because after that, every time I saw them together, it was almost one of those situations where like you felt like they were talking about you and you couldn't prove it but you had like really good reason to think so. And to be honest, I'm I'm pretty sure they were. And 
again, I don't care. But at the time, I really did. Um, so that's pretty much the story. So the Facebook message. So uh, that was in the fall of 2010. And the late fall of 2011, which was a year and a half later, um, I believe I had yeah graduated high school at that point and had finished my first semester of college. It was one of those like weird Facebook trends where you like post and you say if you like my status because uh, it was like New Year's Eve and it was like if you like my status I'll tell you um, my opinion of you and I think a lot of those um, the the intent is to bait people in that you either had like a crush on or like wanted to like tell someone something um but this person uh decided that they were gonna like my post um i could have very well not responded but i did um and so essentially what i responded with was um me explaining to him what my perception of the situation that happened, um, how when I first met him, I thought he was somebody that I could ultimately depend on and then shortly realized that that wasn't the case. Um, and not only that, I spoke about his deceptiveness where he would essentially play both sides of the fence. Um, and I just pretty much let him know in a lot of words that um, I blamed him for a lot of the things that went wrong in the first month of me being there. Um, and I didn't really care how he felt about it at this point. I just wanted to be um, 100% honest with him um, and that... <laughs> I, and I even say at this, I still respect him as a person um, and hopefully things are going well, but I just want to let you know that this is pretty much me saying like this was the extent of, like if you didn't know by now, we're no longer friends, which should have been obvious. Um, and he didn't reply, which is great. But then three months later, he replied, just his phone number, like no context, no explanation, no real call to action, just his phone number. And of course I ignored it because at that point, um, a lot had happened. Um, and a lot of good things, a lot of bad things, a lot of resolutions were made. Um, and so, being two years later, almost, at that point, there was really nothing that I felt like needed to be talked about. Um, because for me, it was a somewhat traumatic experience. I dealt with it, and I had my um, my resolution from it. 
and I was over it. Like I moved on. I found the people that I were I was meant to find, and that was it. Like, yeah, I had to meet some not so nice at the time people, um, but at the end of it, I don't really regret how things happened. Um, even though I don't think I really did anything. Um, so that was in 2012. Here we are eight years later at the Facebook message. So the Facebook message starts off and it addresses the time that we're in today, which is some part, some early part of June, 2020. If you don't know, we're in month four or five, depending on who you ask, of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, there's been probably a week long of protests that have been in all 50 states and other countries as well. There's a lot going on. So he briefly addresses that and says that he just feels like people need to be held accountable for their past actions, especially if they resulted in the oppression um, and corruption of other people. Um, and he goes on to say basically that he apologizes for the things that happened when we were 16, um, 16 years old. Um, he kind of alludes to a lot of that resulting from just our age and just being ignorant. Um, but he doesn't really say why. Um, and I mean, he even says that he he doesn't to this day know why he did what he did. Um, just simply, he just wasn't the, the person that he needed to be. Um, and so the, the next part kind of, is, is what this whole thing is about. Um, so he ends with saying that he knows that I don't need an apology, but he feels like I deserve it. Um, and then just kind of he hopes that I'm doing well and around good people. Um, and so this is something that I feel like I made up. Uh, and I call it the the apology paradox. And it's one of those things where when someone does something to someone, and especially if it's like a traumatic thing, the recipient of the um, traumatic event um, in a lot of cases feel like they need an apology or an explanation for closure. Uh, and a lot of times they can't move on until they get that closure. Um, and I feel like for me, it was a very swift trauma to closure to resolution type scenario. Like this all happened within, I mean, actually now that I say it was swift, I don't, I don't think it was that swift. Some somewhere in between six months and a year, I was over it. Um, and you may argue that I wasn't based on the Facebook message I sent him 
a year and a half later. And you know what? You're probably not wrong. But I think at this point, being nine, almost 10 years later, I am 100% over it. And so for me, I don't need anything from him. I don't need any closure. I don't need an explanation. I don't need additional apologies, if that makes sense. And so this is where I'm at. I've read the message and I've been kind of sitting on it for a few days. Not really sure if I am going to reply or not. Um, and and I think it's essentially that. Like, I've, I've basically apologized and gave myself closure on behalf of him just to close out that part of my life and completely moved on. Um, and so for him to kind of do this like nine years later, at some point you wonder, is it out of selfish intent or do you really care to apologize? Because there is another side of it where at some point, some people wake up and they regret things that they did and they feel like they can't move on until they can apologize for what they've done. And so it's almost like they force you to allow them to apologize. And if you don't, you're painted out to be the bad guy. And so that's the paradox of it, in my opinion, is if I don't let you apologize, I'm the bad guy. But you you put us in this scenario. So I guess in saying that, and then 30 seconds ago saying, I don't know if I'm going to reply, I think I'm going to reply. And essentially, I'm going to keep it as short as possible. You're saying, hey, I'm fine. Uh, I accept your apology. Whatever. That was nine years ago, almost 10 years ago. Apology accepted. We can move on from this. Don't worry about it. Um, And the hope is that I can do two things. If he is in this scenario where he felt like he really needs his apology to be heard, done deal. Consider it done. Um, But two, I think I really want to emphasize we are completely, unequivocally, 100% Beyond this, we do not need to bring it up again. This has been brought up probably one or two too many times over the last nine years. It happened. It's life. No one died. No one got hurt physically. Um, And so, just let it go. Um, So... A lot of you are now paying paying attention to how much emphasis I put on physically, um, alluding that there are alternative ways to be hurt, which there is true. Um, that will definitely be a, another episode, and it will be very soon. 
Um, mainly because I feel like I can't do something like that and then just leave it. Um, so expect that to be common within the next few episodes. Um, so this is what's going to happen. I think, think we're going to reply. And by we, I mean me. And I'm just going to tell him I accept his apology. Great. Hope he's great. Let's move on. We're adults now. Um, and the hope is that this isn't like a long drawn out scenario where he's like, Hey, call me. I feel like we need to talk about him. Like, but we really don't. Um, but then I feel like that's the wrong thing to do. I don't know. Because this is also the thing, too. Because I've essentially moved on from this so long ago, the statue of limitation is, like, is gone. Like, there's nothing that can happen from this. And in my point of view, there's really nothing that he can say to... Um, hinder my my mental health or my emotion or my attitude at all just because of how long ago I moved on. So in a sense, there's really only upside because I think another layer of closure gets added and that won't necessarily be a bad thing. Not saying that I'm going into this or expect him to be like, hey, I think we should be acquaintances again or like keep in touch um, because I don't even know how I feel about that either. Um, but even if that did happen, that that's only like a positive that could come from this. Um, so at this point, I think every everything that happens beyond this point is net positive. Like I don't, if I don't respond, I don't think anything bad will come of it. If I do respond, I think it adds more clarity for his side that, like, yes, he accepted my apology. I can move on. Um, and then everything after that is just positive, hopefully. Um, so... I guess we're going to reply and we'll see what happens. So I'm going to do that and then I'll let you know what happens. Uh, but in the meantime, I like to get uh, your thoughts and opinions on uh, situations like these, on whether or not you've refused to accept someone's apology or your thoughts on someone forcing themselves on you to apologize for a situation they did. So, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Life as John, and I'd love to hear your opinions. Um, I'll see you guys in the next therapy session.